Hey mamas, it's me, Cat B. Welcome to the Days Are Long podcast. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Come join us for some real talk about motherhood. We are here to collaborate, commiserate, hopefully cheer you up and cheer you on. Uh, we're basically here for all of it. So let's dive in. Welcome back. It's nice to be here with you. Um, I hope you're having a good week so far. I'm having a pretty good week. Um, I'm tired, <laughs> which I'm thinking some of you can probably relate to. And what I was thinking was today, the topic would be, um, is fatigue a losing battle when you're a mom? Because it sure as hell feels like it. No? I mean, in a way, it almost feels too obvious <laughs> um, to talk about fatigue and exhaustion and sleep when you're a mom, especially if you have really little ones. Um, it's almost something you think about like all the time. And in a way, I'm like, why would why talk about it more? It's something that everybody's probably um, at their max with, except that it's there all the time. And so it's actually kind of important. And stepping back and looking at some of this stuff and thinking about it um, might be helpful. I hope. I don't know. Maybe this will just be a great venting opportunity. Um, but it got me thinking about the sort of the way that fatigue and exhaustion is sort of branded as a part of this like mom identity or this mom badge. Um, like it's, you know, you, you see the image of the, the like weary looking mom with a big, you know, oversized coffee in her hand and a mom bun and a sweatshirt with some like spit up on it or something. And I'm like, is that like, it's, it doesn't have to be that way, but like, these are obviously all things that we, I think can all relate to, um, and I don't think it's just moms. It's it's I'm sure it's dads and all parents too. Um, but I think somehow it gets um like I say, it's it comes somehow and it's kind of troubles me a little bit. It's become a little bit a part of this like mom identity, um, or a badge of honor or something. Um, it's being tired. And so it's it's almost sort of taken for granted as though that's part of what we have to accept and become used to um when becoming a mom. And I find that really um hard to swallow actually because um being tired is is such a difficult thing um in terms of your day-to-day -day happiness and wellness um like it can really really take a toll and then of course it can take a toll you know in a bigger way um in the in the bigger picture if it's something that goes on for too, too long, but it does feel like it's sort of ingrained as like the way that the way that busy was like a badge um, for lots of people and, and still is, I think, in many ways. Um, I sort of think fatigue ha has become this like accepted um, aspect of motherhood um, that maybe shouldn't be so accepted. Um, and maybe we don't have to just live with it. Like maybe we can rethink it a little bit. I think sleep also and fatigue and exhaustion are one of those things that 
you know before you become a parent, you know that it's a thing. You know that it's going to be difficult and that you're not going to get a lot of sleep. Um, but you, you know, until you're living it, you don't really know what it's like. Um, and for me, I, I think I was actually lulled into this like extra sense of security because this is going to sound a bit odd, but just stay with me. Um, in my late twenties, early thirties, I had, uh, suffered two concussions. And as a result of one of those concussions, developed a sleep disorder. And so I had uh, several years actually where um, sleep was quite difficult and problematic for me. Um, And I remember having friends of mine who were young moms say to me stuff like, oh, Kat, like by the time you're a new mom, like you're going to have no problem with this. You already know you can handle the sleep deprivation. Like you've, you know how to do this. You're not going to have to struggle with that piece. Um, and so like silly me, I, I think I kind of thought like, oh, I'll, I'll be able to handle that part. Cause I've like, I've, I've been there before, like been there, done that, you know? Um, but like, whoa, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> it was, it was a whole other ball game. Um, so I think like among other, the many, many other things that you don't know to expect when you become a new mom. Um, for me, like sleep was one of the ones that caught me off guard because I sort of had discounted it and thought it was something that I was, you know, going to struggle with less than um, than I otherwise might have. Um, and so there's there's that piece of it. There's the sort of adjusting to like, what actually is this that I'm dealing with? And like, how, how, like how tired is tired? How much more tired can I feel? And you realize like, you think you're at the bottom of the pit and then it just keeps going. Um, turns out it's an abyss of (laughs) fatigue, um, sometimes. And I don't know about you guys, like I sometimes struggle with like beating myself up for like not getting enough rest or there's like the competing, competing priorities of not getting enough rest and also not getting enough done in the day. So this like obsession with productivity and getting stuff done and getting stuff checked off of our to-do lists um, often I think is, you know, directly in competition with the urge or the need for our bodies to just rest and sleep and um, allow ourselves that time to, to recuperate. Um, I think that's probably a tension um, that maybe people experience in general in society, but it seems to me to be particularly acute um, for young moms. I don't know. What do you think? And speaking of competition, um, any discussion about sleep and new moms, I think would be um, it would be remiss not to mention the elephant that's in the room a lot of the time, which is that 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 feeling or that sense of competition or comparison between you and your partner as to who's more tired, um, you know, who's who's more exhausted, who's done more that day. Um, it's obviously not a productive place to be. I think that's probably pretty clear, but it's hard sometimes to get out of it. It's hard a lot of times to get out of it, actually. Um, and that feeling of like, I'm like, I've, I've done more. I was up more times in the night than you. 
um, I've got more of a mental load. There's, you know, moms like tend to have that, that invisible load of things that, that we're expected to deal with. And having all of that in mind, I think also seems to play into the feelings of resentment and like that really feeling stuck. Um, so like, how can we get unstuck? I mean, there's, there's the way there's like a couple of things that people seem to do besides like mainlining coffee, which I think a lot of us do. Um, like, is that great for us? Probably not. Um, but it's very socially acceptable and, um, you know, easy to do and enjoyable if you're a coffee drinker. But like, what are the other things that you can do? Um, like, I would love to know what people are are doing to try and get themselves, um, you know, moments of rejuvenation. Um, there's there's some other kind of like mantra stuff or like meditative type stuff um, that I've been trying to implement, um, like the sort of mantra manifestation things, like trust yourself, trust in the process. You're exactly where you're meant to be, like trying to just let it go. Um, and, you know, accept where you are in the moment. Um, even if you're accepting that that's not where you want to be for, um, the rest of your future. Um, but it can sometimes give you a moment of strength or resolve during a particularly hard or long day. Um, but yeah, like what else are people doing? Like besides coffee and like the odd nap, like what are we doing? Um, one thing I know a lot of us are doing is bedtime revenge procrastination. Um, and this I found is a fascinating concept, um, that has recently been kind of expanded or, or, you know, explored, I guess. Um, and I was reading up on it a little bit and it turns out the term, Bedtime procrastination was coined in 2014 by someone named Dr. Fleur Crows, who's a behavioral scientist from the Utrecht University in Europe. Um, and her and her team defined bedtime procrastination as going to bed later than intended while no external circumstances are accountable for doing so. Um, so, okay, that's sort of, that's bedtime procrastination simpliciter. And then there's Revenge bedtime procrastination, which is a term coined by someone named Daphne K. Lee in 2020. Uh, and she defines revenge bedtime procrastination as a phenomenon in which people who don't have much control over their daytime life refuse to sleep early in order to regain some sense of freedom during late night hours. Uh, yeah, like I I can relate. <laughs> can you? Um and that sort of like staying up that extra bit, you know, whether you're like scrolling or messaging someone or, you know, watching an extra episode of something or, or you know, who knows what, um, like even doing like a chore or maybe even just doing literally nothing. Um, that act of staying up later as a way of regaining some control, um, that concept I think really resonates with me at this point or that during this phase in my life um when a lot of the time as a young mom you don't have a lot of control over your days like your days are determined and um dictated by the whims and schedule um and moods of a tiny little person who 
might be having a great day and might take all their naps um, exactly when you expect them to, uh, or might not. I might not have slept well last night. It might be a total crankster for the day. So, you know, you just, you don't have that sense of predictability or order in your day to day, which I think for a lot of us can be really unsettling. Um, yeah, at least I know it can for me. Um, one of the other things I read about this um, procrastination concept was that bedtime procrastination becomes revenge bedtime procrastination when the decision to delay sleep is in response to a lack of free time earlier in the day. Staying up late and carving out some leisure time, even if we feel tired and need sleep, becomes a way of getting revenge on daytime hours with little free time. So yeah, I think that I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, and in doing some reading on this topic, I came across several articles that uh, contain such helpful, i.e. not helpful tips such as don't beat yourself up if you did fall prey to revenge bedtime procrastination the night before and went to bed later than you attended. Apply some basic self-care strategy to help your body cope with the extra stress. Drink lots of water, go for a walk, eat healthy, and if you have time, try to take a short nap. In the evening, go to bed early. Don't try to power through your days with caffeine and high-calorie foods. Just be extra kind to your body. Well, <laughs> um, was, whoever wrote that um, does not know what it feels like to to need desperately um, that next bit of caffeine or sugar or whatever um, to feel like you need to, to keep going. But um, in thinking about this, like it, there's the trite, you know, advice that I think is just not helpful, um, much the same way that some of the, you know, the toxic positivity messaging out there is not helpful. Um, trying to make it that simple is is not necessarily going to make you feel better. Like, oh, I just need to do this. I just need to drink lots of water and go to bed early. And then if I don't do that, like, then that's a cue to get even, you know, be even harder on myself. Um, which is tricky when you're a perfectionist and you get into those loops, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know. The irony of of that staying up too late and trying to carve out that me time, like, is there other ways that we can otherwise carve out me time? Um, I have a true confession, I guess, actually, at the moment. I carved out some me time today. I was supposed to have a thing with a couple friends and they canceled and it was after work. Um, so I was not intending to go home right after work. My husband was going to take care of bedtime. My friends canceled and I was like, I'm just going to keep this little window of me time and turn it into, you know, from social time to me time and hang out and do some work on my podcast and other projects. Um, yeah, that was so that was my like technique today on the fly to to try and regain some of that order um, and find ways to make space for myself. But what else are you all doing to to create that space? Um, I think it's great if we if you can go for a walk, if you can drink lots of water, those are obviously great things to do. And maybe maybe the trick is just like everything in life, like just do one, like don't don't try and turn your day around completely and have a perfect ideal day the day after you um, do the revenge bedtime procrastination thing. Like maybe just 
like, okay, well, I went to bed a little too late last night. Tonight, today I'm going to drink some water. Today I'm just going to, I'm going to go for a walk and get some fresh air so that I can, you know, get things moving. Or tonight I'm going to go to bed a half hour early. Um, like maybe it's those like small steps could be one way to do it. I don't know. Okay, now that you've heard all my various musings on sleep, <laughs> um, thought we could move on to do a win whip since it's been a while um, since I've had a solo episode and done a win whip. Um, if you've listened before and heard the segment, you know that um, a win, I like to talk about a win that I had this week, something, you know, celebrating like sort of the small victories, things that are going well, and also like to talk about uh, WIP, W-I-P, work in progress, um, and think about something that maybe I would like to improve on or, yeah, could um, feel like I could could work on or do better at. So my win this week, um, I, did, I did this a couple times and I was pretty pleased as punch uh, when I did, and it's, I like employed this concept that I read about in a book called Indistractable. Um, I think the author is Nir Eyal, um, if I'm saying that correctly. And his book's called Indistractable. It's a very good read. And the concept of surf the urge is something that he talks about in relation to like distractions at work and other, you know, things like when you're trying to get work done or get something done, um, resisting the distraction and the urge to sort of, you know, check your phone, do that other thing, you know, put in the laundry, do whatever, and just like sticking with the task. And the concept is to um, like acknowledge that you're like, oh, I'm like, I really want to go and just like check my phone right now or like check my email. And instead you like look at the clock and then tell yourself like, nope, okay, if I'm still wanting to do that, if I still want to send that message to that person and it still feels important in 10 minutes, then I'll go do it. And it's surprising, honestly, how often it fades away. I don't know. Try it sometime. See if you have any success with it like I have. Um, but in terms of like the distraction at work thing, I've used it a couple of times successfully. I've used it recently also when I like wanted to eat a not so healthy snack. And if you know me, you know that I am certainly not averse to junk food. I indulge... Um, I, I certainly indulge in that stuff, um, my fair share, but in an effort to, you know, sort of clean up my eating habits a little bit, I was like, oh, I'm just going to try, like, maybe I don't need to have that bag of chips or whatever. I'm just going to like, wait and see if like in 10 or 20 minutes, if I still want it. And if I do, then I'll have some. Um, and then like, before you know it, sometimes, sometimes it's just gone. Um, so that was my win this week was doing that successfully a couple times. Um, and my whip, my work in progress, which I feel like again is, is this ever going to not be a work in progress for me? I don't know. But the, um, the thing I'm trying to get better at, um, and noticed this week that I'm struggling with a little bit is saying yes to too many things. Um, and they're not bad things to be saying yes to. Some of them are really fun things. Some of them are things where I'm like helping a friend who really needs help with something 
or family friend or, you know, somebody at work or a family member or what have you. Um, but in, you know, on balance or, um, when those things accumulate, they can obviously start to take a toll. Uh, and so I felt like I've noticed I've been starting to get more run down and, um, my days are sort of packed a little more fully than, than I might, uh, than might be ideal having like sort of, you know, plans set up for like multiple evenings in a row, which I know, I know for me is kind of a recipe for, um, not disaster, but a recipe for fatigue, frankly. Um, cause I'm an introvert and I, I need some downtime. I need some quiet time to recharge. So that's my work in progress. Trying to remember, I had this, um, counselor once who, um, her, the, the analogy she used, it was a good one. She was like, look, Kat, you can't, um, you can't just say yes to everything. You can, you know, I get that you want to, you want to do all the things, but you can't just like when you sit down at a restaurant and look at the menu, you can't order and eat all the things on the menu. You might want all of them, but like, you just can't, you got to pick your, got to pick two or three and just go with it. Um, so I try and keep that analogy in my head when I find myself saying yes to too many things. Lastly, I wanted to do a quick segment um, and do one of the I feel seen segments um, about something that made me feel seen this week. Um, there's a book, newish, I think, pretty newish book out um, by a woman named Sarah Pauly, who, if you're Canadian, you have probably heard her name. Um, she's an actor and a film director. Um, her book is called Run Towards the Danger. And it's uh, loosely a memoir. Um, she sort of tells some significant stories from significant um, times in her life. It's not a full-fledged biography or anything. And um, one of the segments in her life, one of the important, you know, meaningful um, sections of her life that she talks about in great detail is uh, suffering from and recovering from a concussion. And I got to say, if, if anybody else out there, it's not something that gets talked about a lot, um, but if you have suffered uh, with concussion or know anyone who has, you probably have an idea of how difficult it is to um, to deal with and what the after effects can be like and how long things can go on. Um, and it's another one of those things like fatigue in a way that's, it's invisible to people around you, but you feel it so intensely, all the things that are, that are happening inside your body and your brain. And if you, if you have suffered from concussion or you're just even interested in, in knowing sort of what that um, feels like. I highly, highly recommend Sarah Polly's book. Um, she gives such a vivid, faithful um, rendering of what it's like to live through post-concussion um, symptoms and to battle back and and also face setbacks in your recovery. Um, and 
and all the sort of ups and downs that one goes through in terms of thinking that you've accepted what your new normal is and your new limitations and trying to push through those. And it's a, it's really fascinating to hear her journey and how she um, experienced those issues. And yeah, I, I, I teared up more than once um, listening to it. I listened to it as an audiobook. and Sarah Polly's book run towards the danger. Totally, totally made me feel seen this week. Okay, mamas, on that note, going to wrap it up for this week. I hope uh, you've enjoyed sitting, talking, listening with me. Um, I've enjoyed spending this time with you. I love interacting with you. Please reach out. Please check us out on Instagram. Give us a follow. Um, we are at Days Are Long Podcast and would love to see you there online. And otherwise, we will see you next time. Bye. This has been the Days Are Long podcast. Thanks for joining us. We can't wait to to see you, hear you, talk to you next time. Um, Because the days are long, but the years are short. But don't forget, the days are sometimes fucking long. And um, let's be here for each other. Um, We can get through this and enjoy it. And... uh, have a great time doing it. So see you next time.